You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most important topics in the world of Indiana basketball. This is our 285th edition of Assembly Call Radio, and it is our 935th episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of April 6th, 2023. I am your host, Jared Morris. And let's begin this edition of the Assembly Call, how we begin every edition of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner Moment. And Indiana is the national champion. When it comes down, Indiana will be champion. Smart takes the shot. Well, unfortunately, for the 36th straight season, a university other than Indiana has captured the national championship. UConn joined Indiana and Duke in the Five Banner Club, with only North Carolina, Kentucky, and UCLA having more. And UConn doing it from the exact same seed line Indiana was on is a reminder of the step forward the program took this season, thanks in large part to the efforts of Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen hood Shafino, both of whom this week made official their plans to move on to the NBA. But if you think their impact on the future of Indiana basketball is done, think again. Trace is Woody's best player development story to date. He went from an unlikely NBA draft pick two years ago to now being a fringe first-round prospect. Wherever he gets drafted, the development of Trace's skills like shot blocking, switching on to perimeter players, and passing have him set up to be a valuable NBA role player at minimum. And that is certainly one reason why Indiana is hosting Oregon transfer big Kalel Ware on an official visit right now. The former McDonald's All-American struggled in his one season at Oregon and surely is intrigued by how Mike Woodson can similarly help him revive his NBA draft stock. As for Hood Shafino, his story may have an even bigger impact on the recruiting trail than Trace's. Not only is Jalen a potential lottery pick, but his freshman season is proof that Woody is willing to trust a young ball handler whose talent and maturity warrant it. This will certainly help in landing future high school recruits who project to have immediate impact, as well as transfers who want to showcase the types of reads and skills that NBA scouts look for. Plus, it doesn't hurt that Huchifino has been helping out IU's recruiting efforts by texting recruits and talking about how much he enjoyed his IU experience. Credit to Jeff Rabjohns, who dropped that nugget on their message board earlier this week. So as the good news from the portal trickles in, Ware is on his official visit right now, along with Chris Ludlam from Harvard. While there are rumblings of potentially getting Dalton Connect from Northern Colorado on campus as well, it's important to remember that as much as NIL and playing time and the tradition of IU basketball are all important, Closing a recruit still comes down to relationships and the overall impact of your sales pitch. And through two seasons, not only has Woody stabilized IU basketball on the court with two straight trips to the NCAA tournament, he's also accumulated several success stories that will help him paint a favorable picture to Indiana's top targets. And with the current holes on Indiana's roster, the time is now to start turning those stories and relationships into impact commitments that will keep the positive momentum going next season. All right, now let me introduce my co-host this week. Andy is off, dutifully attending to his duties as a father and husband, I'm sure. 
Ryan is also off this week, probably somewhere burning a hole in his keyboard, live-tweeting San Diego Padres games. In fact, just five minutes ago, he sent out a tweet about watching Blake Snell pitch is not good for your mental health. So, yes, folks, I'm sorry to say it is that time of year again uh, if you are following the Rumors and Rants account. But here with me to my left, he is a longtime high school basketball coach in the state of Indiana and the founder of Delphi Bracketology. He remembers the days when a movie cost a dollar. Heaven help you if you ever decide to pop your collar. Play hard, but remember fake hustle is a crime. He's the coach and it's on Sony time. Well, Coach, you know, Tony has a very important question here in the chat. Now that you've announced that you're in the transfer portal for different post-game shows, how are the offers coming in for you? Well, they've been quite uh, incredible, but I- I'm turning down all offers, uh, and I-, I want to uh, continue to to be here for, for everyone. So I'm not moving anywhere. Uh, it would have to take an outstanding offer, and uh Notre Dame doesn't have that kind of cash, so um, I'm staying. <laughs> At least not to spend on basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on podcasts, some old guy talking basketball, right? Um, but anyway, yeah, you know, it's it's an exciting time because of the transfer portal, and it's interesting to follow commentary uh, online about is this better for college basketball, is this not better? Uh, regardless of how you feel about that, it is here. And in Indiana's situation where you're losing uh, some seniors and some players into the NBA – uh, it is a, an exciting time because you have a chance to keep the momentum going. Um, and, and then we just need to define what that, mo- you know, uh, momentum is. Uh, it's hard to replace seven guys at one time and get back to the final four. Uh, we're going to hope for that and root for that, obviously. Uh, but you want to keep that momentum going of being competitive in the Big Ten and try to get to that sweet 16, and you're going to have to do a good job in that portal. But one of the things I will stress all d- night tonight as we talk about these players is to have patience. Uh, I, I know uh, when you hear someone is interested in Indiana and there's a Zoom meeting, we want to win that uh, recruit, uh, but they have 5 to 15 teams that they're interested in or are contacting these players a lot of programs a lot of good coaches a lot of good programs finish second and third on these recruitments so you want to make sure it's a good fit you don't want your coaching staff rushing into anything just because it's the first time uh those zoom meetings tell a lot to the coaching staff on whether they want that young man in or not regardless of what we do as fans so uh let, let's make sure we're uh, somewhat patient but remain excited uh, to get some of these guys in the indiana uniforms all righty, so here's what we have in store this week, and that is all very well said, Coach. It's not always easy to have patience, but it's certainly we do have to have some patience right now. Uh, and trust me, like we've been kind of on that train. You know, hey, let's be patient. There's a lot of reasons to be optimistic. We'll definitely let you know when we don't feel that way, if that comes, because there will come a point in time in this offseason if there are no commitments and we're kind of staring down the barrel of you know entering next season with holes on the roster. We'll let you know. Um, but I, I think for now, patience is certainly warranted, uh, and it definitely looks like the coaches have some some good irons in the fire. And we'll talk about that because I think we're starting to see, ideally, the kind of roster that they want to build. Uh, and I think there's some intriguing things there. So here's what we have in store this week. We've got some Hoosier headlines, a few different things to go through uh, from an Indiana perspective and also from a Big Ten perspective. In segment two, we are going to hit hard IU's transfer, transfer portal targets. There's you know a group of four, five, six guys that have really emerged as kind of the top guys right now. 
Coach and I will talk about them. We've got Matt Cox from Three Man Weave who's going to join us for segment two uh, and give us his perspective on those guys. So we'll run through all those, and then we got a bunch of good questions in the mailbag uh, that we will get to as well. All of that coming this week on Assembly Call Radio. But first, we got to talk about our presenting sponsor. It's not just we have to. We love talking about our presenting sponsor, and probably 95% of shows, all of us are wearing Home Field Apparel. We don't have to. It's just that when we go to our closet, that's pretty much all we have. So Coach over here tonight is modeling the new Home Field Apparel shirt, which has a very questionable color scheme, I have to say, but is a cool design. Did you get that as part of the mystery the mystery package? I did. For March did. Madness? So, Homefield did this fun mystery thing. What uh, what other five shirts did you get? Do you remember what I other got a Miami you got? one? You got a Miami. Um, <laughs> I got. It's pretty cool. It's got the ibis. Uh, That's I, cool. I wore it today for the Masters uh, green nice. uh, shirt for the Masters. I got okay. a Kansas State. I got an Arizona. Okay. Um, I'm trying to, and I got Houston. So okay. those uh, the five schools plus then this home field shirt. Very nice. And home field is always doing fun stuff like this. They're always do. They're also doing fun stuff like when a big event happens, they'll grab licensing and get a shirt out really, uh, you know, real quickly. I never thought I'd be wearing a Fairleigh Dickinson shirt, but I'm wearing a Fairleigh Dickinson shirt today. Uh, I also caved, coach. Just got mine. Did you get yours? Very nice. And this that's what, yeah. that's what Home Field Apparel does, man. They put great designs on really comfortable clothing, crewnecks, t-shirts, hoodies. They've got hats now, jackets. I mean, they're just, they continue to expand. They're doing great things. We love Home Field Apparel. We know you'll love them too. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, and you will get 15% off your first order. That's promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, for 15% off your first order. Um. All right, here we go. Let's talk who's your headlines here, Coach. Uh, first headline, Indiana will play in the Empire Classic. This has been kind of rumored, but it was confirmed this week. That is November 19th and 20th. It is going to be a two-day, two-game event. So it's UConn, defending champions, Texas, Louisville, uh, and Indiana at Madison Square Garden. Uh, and unlike the NCAA tournament, you will probably be able to know that it's Madison Square Garden while Indiana is playing there. I don't think they'll have some crazy uh, floor, so you don't even know where you're playing. Um, but a pretty cool high-profile event uh, for the Hoosiers to be in. Uh, you would guess that they'll probably put UConn and Texas you know, opposite each other since they're the two... Uh, you know, they had the two best seasons coming into this, uh, and then the winners will play each other uh, in the second game. But a fun, high-profile event for Indiana to be in. Uh, you know, certainly good to go back to Mike Woodson's old stomping grounds in Madison Square Garden. And anytime you can play a basketball game at Madison Square Garden, it's a great experience for the players. Uh, your thoughts on the Empire Classic uh, as, you know, kind of a, an anchor of Indiana's non-conference schedule? Trying to figure out if my personal days, uh, I'll have enough personal days to fly out to New York. Uh, you know, I want to go see a game in Madison Square Garden, love following the Hoosiers. That would be, I think it's good for Indiana basketball to be in, in these kinds of events, uh, to get back to the, some of the Maui classics or maybe going down to, you know, some other, uh, non exempt tournament. And I also think it gives room, uh, I know there's a question later about, uh, you know, how do you replace the big, uh, 10 ACC challenge is keep scheduling games like Kansas and Arizona, even if it's not a, a, 
a back-to-back tournament type thing, but I think you need to schedule four or five really tough opponents. We were real close to that last year. Uh, and if not real top-level talent, go to some mid-range uh, games and having them come into Bloomington or, or something uh, to, to create some interest. But, um, yeah, this is nothing but a, a positive to go play in New York. It, it's You always want to go places to – uh, help your recruiting too. Uh, it, you know, there's so many good basketball players out east, and if you can drag a couple into Bloomington, uh, that's a good thing. But you know, for alums and everything, it was so fun traveling uh, to to Vegas and going to the hotel and seeing the players come out and seeing the the fan base. It's just an, an exciting time. Those people who went to Kansas probably feel the same way. Uh, again, if you went to the NCAA tournament. Uh, those are some fun experiences and, and Indiana is a blue blood and we need to get back to our winning ways and our ways of, of traveling around and, and going to tournaments like this. We, we should have been in that one that Ohio state is in with North Carolina and UCLA. Uh, we were late getting out of, out of, out of the classic or the timing. It, it's just good uh, to play marquee games. Um, we need to win some, we didn't win, win them this year, but we, we will. So I'm looking forward to that uh, quite a bit. And I think that's Thanksgiving weekend, right? Sunday and Monday, if I'm not – either Sunday or Monday or Monday and Tuesday of Thanksgiving week. I think it may be. Uh, that would make sense. So um, that's right when all – you know, the Maui Classic and all of that stuff probably is going on as, as well. So that's really fun time for basketball. Yeah, it is. And, you know, we'll talk a lot more about the non-conference schedule as we go through the off season. But obviously with the Big Ten ACC challenge going away, it's nice to have this on the schedule. Indiana will still have the series with Kansas. Uh, so we know that's going to be happening. Um, and we will see what else they decide to do. And some of that, I'm sure, is going to depend on what the roster looks like. <laughs> you know, you got to see what kind of team you have before you know how much you want to challenge yourself in the non-conference. Um, and so we will track that. Uh, Coach, also just an update on Xavier Johnson, because I know everybody wants to know. It sounds like a decision is still probably a week, two weeks, maybe three weeks away. Um, you know, we're just going to have to wait on that. I still haven't heard anything that makes me less you know, than, than, than really optimistic that it's going to happen. It sounds like it's probable. Um, but of course, you know, we're all going to be a little nervous until we, uh, you know, get that final word. Um, and I will say, you know, uh, Hoosier Hysterics had X on um, for an interview this week, and I thought it was really interesting. Um, you know, just some interesting nuggets. He talked about how he and Trace did not practice leading up to the Xavier game. Uh, and then the two of them obviously played great. You know, and I think the more that you hear about how this season went on, the more it really starts to come into focus how much Trace was struggling with the back through the early part of the season, you know, when his numbers weren't quite as good. And obviously, you know, all the injuries that, you know, that Indiana dealt with. Um, but it really, I mean, it, it makes what Trace ended up doing this season just, you know, all the more impressive. And I also thought it was interesting that, you know, X gave Coach Ya a lot of credit for improving his shot. You know, basically said, you know, anytime he would call him and want to work out, you know, Coach Yaw would be there. Uh, you know, they just kind of tweaked a few things, you know, but a lot of it was just kind of the mental part of it, um, you know, and really gave him a lot of credit uh, for doing that. So uh, just a really interesting interview there with X. Always good to hear from the players. Uh, and I'll tell you, if you listen to that interview, you really hear a guy that is taking ownership of the team. I mean, he really kind of talks like it's his team. He's ready to lead. Uh, and that's exactly what you want to hear, you know, obviously from a guy who's going to be a super senior. He's been around for a while. He's going to be, 
you know, potentially five, six, seven years older than some of the freshmen who were coming in. Uh, you know, and I just, I liked hearing certain things from him, like how ticked off he is that they haven't beaten Northwestern yet. Uh, and he obviously hasn't had a chance to play in any of those games in part, his own fault for one of them, but then obviously injuries caught him caught up on the other one. Um, but I, I think it's a good window into, you know, the guy that we're all expecting to really be the anchor of the team next year. You know, as much as we want Malik to step up and get some good transfers in here and all that stuff, X is going to have the ball in his hands. He's the one who's kind of been in the system the most, uh, you know, along with Trey Galloway and kind of had the most playing time. He's such an important piece for Indiana this season. So I thought that was a really good window uh, into just his mindset uh, as, as he kind of goes in this offseason. Is there is there any idea about the timing of, of this, the procedure, um, or is it just up in the air? The NCAA has all the information. They're, they got to meet and make a decision? Or As far as I know. Are we aware of anything like that? As far as I know, yeah, everything's been submitted, and they're just waiting to hear. Um, I think it may go to the Big Ten first, and then it would go to the NCAA for appeal, I think. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong on that. Uh, Jay's in the chat, and I know he's studied this a lot, so he may be able to let us know. Um but it, you know, it sounds like everything is is progressing well there, which is good. <clears throat> Other headlines, coach. Um, just a few uh, bits of information about the guys who are transferring out of Indiana. Um, Jordan Geronimo, we haven't heard anything about. Uh, I did see a couple tweets that it looks like Missouri and Kansas State have emerged as the leaders for Tamar Bates. Both of those make a ton of sense. Obviously, they're closer to home. Um, you know, in both places, figure you know to have some needs on the perimeter next season. So we'll see where he ultimately ends up. And Logan Duncan heading to Xavier, which is what a lot of people thought. So he was recruited by one Miller brother, and now he will play for another Miller brother. Uh, and we will see how he does. Obviously, we wish all those guys well, and so we will track their progress uh, in their new places. Um, and then the Big Ten news, coach. Some really big news this week. Hunter Dickinson entered the portal, clearly shot to the top of the the available players list with what he has done over three years. Michigan's, I mean, if you think Indiana has holes on its roster, Michigan lost Hunter Dickinson. They lost Kobe Bufkin. They're losing Jet Howard. I've heard talk that they may lose Terrence Williams and some other guys too. So they are really going to be scrambling uh, to fill a competitive roster. Ohio State got a commitment from Jamison Battle, uh, who played for Minnesota. That's a guy we had talked about as potentially being an IU target. He is off the board now. Uh, Brandon Newman transferred away from Purdue. be interesting to see where he goes. I've heard people talk about him maybe going to Valpo, so maybe stepping down a level uh, to get you know a guaranteed role in his last go-around. Uh, and then for Illinois, Jaden Epps, RJ Melendez, they both transferred out. So Illinois also uh, looking to fill a lot of spots. What of those Big Ten headlines kind of jumped out to you? Well, the Hunter Dickinson one, um, you know, I, I think that just smacks of NIL uh, recruiting to me without much knowledge. Uh, so someone got a hold of him and, and said, uh, uh, you know, that I think Newman's going to end up with Shrewsbury. They they were very close uh, when Shrewsbury and Newman were together at Purdue. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him go there and help Shrewsbury transfer into his first year uh, because he knows what he's doing. Um, so that that's where I think Newman's going. But yeah, the Hunter Dickinson one uh, s- surprised me uh, quite a bit. Uh, that uh, again, it, what, what's going on at, at Michigan? I know they've been real close to having good years. Um, you know, made it in as a to Sweet Sixteen as an eleven or twelve seed two years ago, and then really lost some tough games down the stretch, or they would have been in again this year. But uh, I'm not sure that's where everyone in Michigan wants uh, 
wants everyone to be or 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 at. Uh, so that was a shock, uh, shock to me. As far as the young men who are leaving our program, I, I wish them nothing but the best of of luck. Um, you know, going forward, I, I want to see them be successful. And, and I think Xavier's had some success taking uh, transfer big men from, you know, Nunji from Iowa and, and turned him in. I think that's a pretty smart move for, for Logan, that if they can go and develop and, and play uh, in his hometown, I think that's pretty good. Tamar getting closer to home uh, would be a good situation for him. And, I, and we know Geronimo is going to end up somewhere where he can have uh, a, a chance to play. But I, I think it's important to – to appreciate those guys for coming. It, it, it didn't work out or wasn't going to work out going forward, uh, but we do want those guys, uh, at least I do, uh, want those guys to find a place and then then have some success, just like L. Durham did at Providence. That was that was fun to see for L. even though we wished that he had been there. Armand Franklin, the same thing. Love Would have loved to have those guys stay put, but, man, glad they were, were able to contribute at their, at their new places uh, going forward. Yeah, good call on Newman to Notre Dame. That does seem like it would be a good a good fit for him. And you know, Dickinson is going to be interesting. It doesn't certainly doesn't seem like Indiana um, you know, is in the mix there at all. I've heard Kentucky for him. Um, you know, probably someplace where he can get a nice big uh NIL bag uh, while he still has some college eligibility left cuz certainly is a guy who um you know, projects to be more of a more of a college player than an NBA type player. It seems there's no tampering in NCA college, right? Like, oh, no. you can just call up someone and say, "Hey, <clears throat> I'm going to have this much NIL at the end of the year. Come, come see me." It's it's almost it's not even free agency. It's not even like you declare your free agent and then you go. It's just open season. Um, it handshake is. line. Hey, see you didn't play a whole lot tonight. <laughs> Give yeah. us a call. Yeah, come. Yeah, come. <laughs> yeah, hang, yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Exactly. Um, Jameson Battle coming off the board. I know he's a guy that you were relatively high on when we talked, and he certainly well, would have filled a need as a shot maker and scorer. Um, right, right. But but the thing is, as, as an old man sitting in his basement looking at highlight films, he made shots. Uh, but Coach Woodson and staff had an interview with him, and he had an interview with us and maybe decided that Ohio State was a better fit for him, probably because Indiana's been going after some fives, and it seems to me they want to make Malik that four, uh, which I'm okay with if if Malik can shoot and do some things on the perimeter. We know Malik can pass. Uh, so if you get a, a five that you want to start uh, and then play Malik, then maybe the minutes weren't there that he could get uh, at Ohio State. That's And that's the thing I'm trying to understand, too, with the portal is it's nice when you hear these guys are interested. You get that tweet, this – you know, these 15 schools are interested in Caleb Love or Jamison Battle and Indiana's on there. You get excited because you see how they could fit, but we're not in, we're not in the mud uh, trying to figure this out. And sometimes when you kick the tires of a new car, you don't like it. Uh, and, and, and maybe you appreciate it. It's a nice car, but it's not the car you want in your driveway. Uh, and, and coach Woodson and staff are doing that. That's where, that's where the patience has to, has to come from. But I liked his ability to shoot. Uh, I, I just think, you know, that that is so, so important. And maybe I'm just beat up for so many years, Jared, of not being able to, to shoot the ball. Um, and we saw how important it was uh, in the NCAA tournament when you got to the Sweet 16 and further. Teams that could shoot. Teams also had centers that could post and, and protect the rim. So it's not just small ball, but that ability 
on the perimeter is important. And, and I'm sure I, I know Woodson and staff know that as well. That's where uh, these, some of these guys will talk about in the second segment. Um, they're looking hard for those guys as well. So, uh, yeah, he, you know, Holtman does a good job over there at Ohio State. Doesn't surprise me. Uh, I feel sorry for him. That will beat him once or twice once the schedule comes out. He had a chance to put on the candy stripes, and he decided to get his ass beat. So that's okay. Uh, I love bitter coach. It's awesome. All right. Coming up on Assembly Call Radio, it is time to zoom in on Indiana's transfer portal activities. It has been a busy week. It's busy right now. Things are happening. We will get you up to speed on some of these names, what they bring to the table. Matt Cox will be joining us here soon. Stick with us on the Assembly Call. My favorite part about the chat mob is how Megan and Libby just come in here and they just start talking back and forth. Like, Megan, I'll call you in a bit. I have a pseudo answer. I have to figure out the logistics. So they, they come into our basketball chat and they're talking taxes, which is good because yeah. I, well, I need to talk with Megan about our taxes. So I invited myself into their family breakfast last Sunday and I beat everyone <laughs> to the cozy table. And, I, and the guy in front says, oh, yeah, go back there in the corner. I go back there in the corner and it was like the your secret service, the FBI whoop, just swarmed in on my son and I. You can't sit there. All the waitresses and support <laughs> staff didn't know that the guy gave us permission. Like they, they own that place on Sunday morning at 930. Uh, but uh, they were very nice uh, and uh, treated my son and I to breakfast and just good, good uh, family family talk with Megan and Libby, but uh, it's, it's always, always one of the highlights of, of my part of their families. Yeah. All right. So help me interpret this coach. <clears throat> Megan sends a message. You're on my list, Jared, with an exclamation point. Now that could be taken. Like, hey, I'm on the list to get it done. All's well. Yes. Or this could be another kind of list that I'm on. Shit list. Uh, or I'm getting called out here because I haven't gotten to everything yet. So I'm not quite sure. I did send, I did Probably. send Megan some whiskey. She put out a tweet that said, send whiskey. So I sent whiskey just to try to butter her up and not, uh, and not be mad at me for the delay. But it's all good. Okay, good. Whew. All right. We are good. We are good. All right. So we will, uh, we're going to wait here for just a minute until Matt gets here. Um, but there's some. Uh, you know, the, the interesting thing, Jared, with this portal is you do wonder sometimes these guys enter the portal and then how soon do they go? Like the. The Nembhart guy from Creighton, is he going to quickly be at Arizona because of that connection um, that the head coach at Arizona recruited his brother to Gonzaga? Uh, it's interesting. It'd be interesting to know what goes on behind the scenes, um, you know, and, and who the who the secret texters and phone calls and uh, people finding out the information if someone would be interested to move. Because yeah. some of these names pop up are – are interesting. Mm-hmm. And then you just don't know. That's okay. You just don't know either. Some of these guys from the, some of the smaller schools, like the, the, uh, what's the connect guy that we're going to talk about Dalton pop up and yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, those kind of guys can, can fit in. And, and most of the fan base just knows the top guys, you know, we want the loves and the Dickers Dickinson's and all of those. Cause we know them, but there's a lot of unknown quality that is in the transfer portal. Absolutely. Uh, okay, hold on just one second here. 
Okay. Let's bring Matt in. There he is. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Matt Cox. How you doing, buddy? Reporting for duty. Fellas, how are we? We are good. Doing well. Um, hey, talk again real quick. We haven't started segment two yet. Let's talk again real quick. Uh, one, two. Testing. One, two. One, two. Is your mic on? It is on. Is it? All right. It sounded like it might be picking it up from your computer, but I can't. When I have AirPods and I can't right. always really tell. One, two, one, two, testing. One, two, one, two. Okay. Does it sound good to you, coach? Yeah. Sounds okay. fine. Then we're probably good. All right. Sweet. Well, let's hop into this here and let's talk about these dudes, which will be fun. Uh, okay. Here we go. <clears throat> Hey, it's Romeo Langford. What's the only thing better than hand a game winner to beat Wisconsin? Celebrate it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosers. Alrighty, thank you, Romeo. You are listening to the assembly call. I'm Jared Morris here with the coach, Brian Tonsoni. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a special guest here with us again. One of our favorite recurring special guests is Matt Cox co-host of the three-man weave college basketball betting savant uh and many other things we're just we're happy to have not maybe maybe not so much a savant yeah temporary loser uh but long-term winner jared so okay. that's, that's good yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good By the, uh, people are already calling you out for the duke pennant in the background but you're probably yes, used to that when you come yes, on this show. is that also an fau one in the background too New addition. I had a Hawaii and Valley State on the <laughs> left here, so I had to make a, a temporary ex- in, insertion for our owls, the uh, the team of the people, America's team. Coach Very Coach. nice. That's right. Uh, so hey, I mean, you guys obviously three man weave. I mean, you cover basketball from every angle. I'm sure March is just a crazy busy time for you. Uh, do you follow the John Rothstein philosophy of not sleeping until May, or have you gotten a couple nights of sleep since the championship game, even though the transfer portal certainly hasn't stopped? I got a few nights after I got back from Houston. Um, shame on me. I just want to hold myself accountable. I did actually depart the Final Four before the championship game, but uh, I don't regret that because that just had no intrigue to me. Um, yeah. I think everyone expected what happened to happen. So, yes, I have recovered, fully recuperated, our uh, my beloved colleague Jim Root already has our secret master sheet, portal tracker, roster manager, master <laughs> workbook already off and running. So he already has his projected starting lineups for all fourteen Big Ten teams. We can go through all fourteen if you want to tonight on tonight's program. But um, no, yeah, I'm what, what's go. the Michigan projected starting lineup yeah. right now? <laughs> mm, a lot of blanks. We have yeah. some uh, unclear colored highlights here. Can't quite <laughs> discern what those mean. Uh, I mean, actually, I don't know. I mean, dep- I mean, everyone's team is really much up in the air right now. That's why it's so foolish to even have it. But, but with the portal, uh, the, the portal prognosis, it's always it's always fun. So it is, it is. Well, hey, make sure that you all are subscribing to Three Man Weave. They'll have great coverage throughout the off season. Um, one of the best college basketball podcasts out there. But speaking of the portal, you know, we can joke about other schools, but the truth is, Indiana's starting lineup right now is one guy waiting on a waiver. 
a sophomore in Malik Renew, and then three very open slots that we don't know who's going to fill them. And so we want to spend some time tonight going over some of the names that we've heard. Um, you know, these are guys we've talked about in some form or fashion on the show before, outside of one of them who was new that came up this week. Um, but we want to get your thoughts, uh, you know, because obviously you guys view college basketball from a you know a national perspective. Uh, and so let's start with the two guys who are on official visits right now. Uh, one of those guys is Chris Ledlam from Harvard. Um, the athletic had him ranked as the number 55 transfer portal prospect 24 seven had him ranked number 45. Uh, you know, we've talked about him before a guy who's a, you know, six, six, you know, thick, thickly built, uh, you know, at, at least at Harvard was really able to drive and get to the basket. Um, you know, his three point shooting, I think was about 29%. Tony Adranya uh, had a great note that overall it was 29%, but on catch and shoot, it was 34%. And so if you eliminate maybe some of the, you know, threes that he has to create for himself, maybe that percentage goes up. Um, you know, but a guy who, projects to be able to do some of the things that race Thompson did in terms of being a disruptive defender, getting rebounds, some of that stuff. So give me your thoughts on Ledlam and, you know, specifically how you think his game would translate to the big 10. You could argue there are concerns with how he steps up in class. Um, he's kind of on the surface. He looks like a tweener, you know, six, six, but he is burly. And the game against Kansas last year, I think where a lot of people, if you're watching that, it was sort of, I think it was a nationally televised game. Uh, Harvard kind of competed with KU. I mean, Levin was great in that game. Like, looked in no way uh, incapable of playing against a top-tier team at their building. Now, KU wasn't exactly flush with size last season, so it wasn't like he was going against the Doke KU front line. But still, um, I, I think you see the upside there. You see how it could translate. does a lot of different things. I like how you said it, Jared, on Twitter. Just the ultimate glue guy. He really can play a number of different roles so he's a guy where I like if you're getting him this part in the portal cycle right early, you're not quite sure how the roster shakes out. I think he gives you some some optionality where you can play him with different types of lineups in different types of schemes um, at different spots. Which So th- that in a nutshell is why I think he's a, a great get. Now I have – do I believe he's a great shooter? No, and I, I, I worry that he might be another floor a cramper. You know, we've had issues at IU with multiple years. Do we have enough guys can space the floor, especially at that four position? The stroke looks good. I'm not a shot doctor. I don't uh, fancy myself as being able to project how someone's shot can translate, but um, he he does have kind of that smooth fluidity, passes the eye test with all that stuff. So I just like him. Again, what is he going to be in the Big Ten? I'm not sure. I, I think he can step up in class. I think he can play a number of different spots for you. So he's an asset to go after at this point. You know, and he's interesting because, you know, his names come out. It's like, ooh, Kalil Ware and Caden Shedrick. You know, they're these are guys that can protect the rim and they're lob threats and they're big guys. Right. And then, you know, you look at, you know, Nick Timberlake and Dalton Connect. And these are all guys that we're going to talk about here. And they're kind of flashy. And so, you know, as those names have come up, I had forgotten, not, not that I'd forgotten about Ledlam, but it's easy for him to fall under the radar. And I, when I watched those film clips again that Tony posted – it was a reminder of, oh, yeah, you know, you got to have someone to shoot. You got to have someone to catch lobs and block shots. You also need someone to do the dirty work. And I know yeah. Race Thompson struggled last year, you know, going through injuries. But think back to how much he meant to Indiana last, you know, the season before when he was healthy and you had someone doing all that. So if you can get someone who's like that, but also has a mid-range shot and can threaten a defense in more ways than Race did... Yeah. You know, there's a real chance for him to to be a valuable guy. So I, I agree. If you can lock him down early, it kind of allows you to build around him um, and all the things he can do. And his defensive, the advanced defensive metrics really like him, like his yeah. his block rate, his steal rate, stuff like that. Which 
sometimes people put too much stock in that, but typically uh, all the NBA stock and, you know, about, they, they all tell you that kind of stuff really does translate, you know, guys that can, you know, make events as they say happen on the floor. So defensively, I feel really solid about, you know, that fungibility translating to, which is great, right? We're not trying to, whatever we're trying to improve or round out the edges of what IU is, is the brand that Woodson's trying to play. It, you don't want to abandon the foundation that got you such strong success so quickly, right? That's defense, that interior physicality rebounding. And I think Ledlam checks all those boxes. So yeah, again, kind of a high floor get in my opinion. Yeah. I know we're in a world of positionless basketball, but is he strictly a four? Can he play the three? Can he guard the three or, or is his game going to be that six, six, uh, power forward spot only, um, if, if he comes to IU, I think he's a three, four, a two is more of a stretch and five is a stretch in, in the big 10. Um, probably better suited at the four. I think he can defend up better than he can defend down, but against big 10 competition, I think he'll be defending up actually more just with the way most of the big 10 rosters are constructed. I don't have issues with him being kind of caught in that tweener middle, which is sometimes that concern with guys tra- or transferring up that sort of have that type of uh, DNA to them. But I think he's a three and four, both slightly toward four, but no issues, no real concerns um, playing the three a little bit, maybe with shooting, but um, nothing glaring. That's, you know, he's not worth, you know, he's worth ignoring over that. All right. So let's talk about the next guy. And that is Kalel Ware, uh, who is currently on uh, a visit. Uh, and I certainly think that this is one worth paying attention to for Indiana fans. Yeah. It's happened fast, uh, but I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about it. Um, and I think, you know, he's an interesting one. This is a guy that was a McDonald's all American, you know, just very highly rated coming out of high school has all the tools that you want. Um, you know, for IU fans who followed the Xavier Booker recruitment, he's a guy somewhat in that mold in terms of size and versatility. You know, he's able to go down on the block more than Xavier seems like maybe a better rebounder. Um, but had some questions this year about, you know, his motor Dana Altman called him out for not playing hard yeah. a couple of times and what seemed like a very strange season yeah. at Oregon. Uh, but the athletic has him rated number 19 on their list. 24 seven has him rated number two. Uh, and he's a guy who has NBA lottery potential because of his size and ability to step out and shoot ability to block shots. He's the kind of versatile big man that Indiana wants because he doesn't need post touches, you know, to, to be productive. So give me, give us your thoughts on, on Kalel Ware and maybe if you can contextualize a little bit, you know, his freshman season, because obviously some people are going to look at that yeah. and be like, you know, whoa, what's the story here? Right. I think the context is, is huge there. He was recruited by Crutchfield who now is at Omaha. Um, and previously yeah. before getting that job, he was at Oregon. I don't know if you guys went through this whole backstory, but, but mm, I think there yet. was a misalignment. Okay. So, Head coach at Omaha last year, first year, Chris Crutchfield, was at Oregon recruiting where coming out of high school. He's from a North Little Rock, I believe. So, you know, kind of a Midwest type guy. Uh, also, alarm bells ringing when you hear Little Rock, Arkansas, and just the uh, the, the the black curtain they they wield over. It seems like Midwest basketball with their ability to get guys. But anyway, where it comes out of Little Rock, goes to Oregon. Crutchfield then goes to Omaha. And then where stays committed to Oregon and, you know, reinforces that he's still committed to going there despite the guy that really brought him there is now left. And that kind of laid the foundation for was just a really rocky relationship with Dana Altman, who, you know, I'm not going to – I'll assign blame to both parties, right? There's a lot of video evidence of Ware's defensive attention and energy uh, lapsing uh, severely. So I don't want to put all that 
on the, you know, the fissures that developed between him and Altman, but also it was never really a place he wanted to be. And I think he just felt really far away from home without mm. a guy who kind of shepherd ushered him in there. I think that kind of laid, like I said, that sort of snowballed into was a really inconsistent season. However, even as badly as it was reviewed by, <laughs> excuse me, the ND, like the NBA scouts, uh, I saw Jonathan giving him a terrible review. He still had some monster games against some top flight competition. The eye test, I mean, my goodness, I mean, the couple of like high pick and roll slips, he just jumps, you know, one drop step, you know, hammer time. The most bouncy pogo stick type of big that IU is going to have um, in a while if we do secure him. Um, I think you bet on the upside and you basically hope that the risk concerns were rooted in the situation last year and not in like true innate character stuff. Um, and I think his upside's worth that risk, right? Look at a guy like Bryce Hopkins for Providence last year. And it's not a similar situation, but big time talent gets kind of overshadowed. I think gets a change of scenery, right? Blank slate. And look, he just absolutely shines under like a coach, you know, Ed Cooley, Mike Woodson, you see some obvious similarities there. So I kind of like how this narrative plays out. If we do get him and put him in the right spots, he'll be closer to home, you know, back in the Midwest too. So I'm kind of excited about the whole air thing. If this plays out. Yeah. And he seems like he would pair really well with Xavier Johnson. Cause if you want to get the most out of X, yes, you need a good lob, lob threat for him. All, exactly. No question. Give him someone to lob it to, but, uh, but go also in, in some of the highlights, and you, and you always see the good when you see these highlights <laughs> come out, right? It's, it's Everyone's an all-star in, in their uh, portal film. But he also has some ability to to pick and pop, too, yeah. which I think a lot of Indiana fans are wanting a little more, a little, we still want to go to the five. We still want lob threats. We still want that presence, but we don't want to have that uh, so much dependence on the on the straight post up game, but he can pick and pop. And in, in this day and age, having fours and fives who can shoot, yep. and and they just have to shoot about thirty thirty two percent to to stretch the floor. Does do you think that he can uh, do that consistently with more minutes than he got at Oregon? Yeah, he's got a nice stroke. Um, he shot. I think he was sub thirty percent from three. It was a low volume, but you're right though. You see the film. I, I think right. you can train. You can extend that range and. Not that he's going to be TJD, certainly not going to make that comparison, but he's a guy that I think can make pick-and-pop jumpers, even in, from the mid-range, more willingly, more assertively, more consistently than TJD, which probably opens up the you know the belly of the defense for the rest of the offense. That could be a benefit, right? a blessing in disguise, uh, especially if you want to play two bigs, which I, you know, I don't think that's what Woodson ultimately wants to do, but with the way the roster is shaping up, you know, kind of similar to the point you made about Ledlam, at this point in the, in the cycle – you don't quite know how the roster is going to shake up, who else you might bring in. I think Ware as well gives you a little bit of flexibility with you know, a guy that can play kind of that bruising big inside, that rim protector, but can also step away and give you some spacing inside out uh, if that jump shot develops. Um, I, I always hate to project the guy who you know, makes threes in, in, yeah, in, in the, uh, the clips and the highlights and the practice, but um, it, it does seem to look like it's, it's a very encouraging uh, jumper at least. Yeah, he shot like 27% from three, I think, on 55 attempts, which is a good number of attempts for a freshman. And so I think for a freshman to come in, you know, and shoot that well, he looks comfortable. And so just yeah, that threat, you know, it's, you know, that, to your that, point, that's I'm the not key. sure Altman was always yeah. comfortable with those shots, but I, you know, I can yeah. tell he's, <laughs> he, he's, he's got that, you know, at least he's wired that way. So, but if you're, if you're, somewhere. you know, if you're going to play Malik Renew, and obviously, I mean, right. he's going to be one of Indiana's most talented players. And certainly the hope is that Malik can step out and shoot and not just be anchored to the block. But he's so good on the block. I mean, he was so good as a freshman and he, right. you know, projects to really get better. You need a big like that to pair with him. 
Otherwise, it's, you know, we love race, we love trace, but having those two guys on offense, we know what the limitations are, you know, and, and these guys would certainly bring a different flavor there if you compare them together. And I think if you're part of my, I was talking to my buddies and we're like, man, I feel like this roster is going really archaic back to the stone age where it's like super heavy, big, but it, look at the bright side on that. If you put wear and, and renew and even sparks with his ability to kind of, you know, slide his feet. I, I think there's a real chance for this front line to be as good as last year's defensively. Um, and, and again, that's a great point to a great point to start from. Now you just got to figure out the rest of the perimeter, which has a lot of work to do, but um, yeah, like I said, don't abandon that foundational success, which is, you know, what put IU to the five seed line, right? Right. Basically, you know, French four seed, uh, terrible matchup and, you know, around a 30, but you know, it is what it is, right? So I don't, don't abandon that. I don't think too many coaches and rosters try and go the other direction of what they were the year before. And they kind of lose touch with the foundational pieces they have in place and maybe what brought them success year prior. So I, again, I kind of like where Woodson's whether it's by, you know, intent or by, you know, happenstance. I like where he's focusing right now. Do they, um, the combination of these two guys, Ledlam and, and, um, uh, where rebounding was an issue down the stretch, uh, for, for Indiana. Yeah. It was. Do, do you see both of these two guys adding to that or is it still going to need, we need some dudes at the three, uh, two and three to have more guard rebounding, which was a big thing for me as well. Can these guys rebound uh, at this level? Where probably yes, I would imagine coming from Oregon and and that level of recruit Ledlam, uh, can he rebound at that four? Yeah, I think he can. Uh, he has that physicality, right? That side. I, I kind of I'm, I'm envisioning like a, a renew and where pairing is like. A, I call the Evan Batty, uh, sorry, the Batty and, and Braun. Uh, sorry, who's the the bigs at? Colorado two years ago, I call them bunnies and brawn, right? One's got kind of the mm-hmm. hops, the springboard. One's got more of the physicality, the brute strength. I, I kind of like that yin and yang. And yeah, I think they can both rebound. The undersized concerns with Ledlam, I think, are undersea. He's got long arms. He's got a big frame. So I think he'll be okay there. So, you know, you can kind of look at, at this segment like a hot board. Uh, you know, people put their hot boards together. Who are the top targets? Who are the most likely guys? Uh, so, you know, we've talked a lot about Ledlam. We've talked a lot about Kalel Ware here. Uh, I think for a reason, you know, both of them are on official visits. And as we've talked about with the transfer portal, I pay almost no attention to the initial tweets that someone reached out, pay a little bit of attention if someone gets on a Zoom, and then start yeah. paying a lot of attention <laughs> if there's an official visit. All right, a lot of attention. Um, and I think these both warrant uh, a decent amount of attention, uh, you know, here over the next 24 hours or so. Um, so with that said, you know, so you talk about where, and then obviously Indiana has some backup plans there in terms of Caden Shedrick, uh, Mike, uh, hand Logden, hand Logden. I don't know exactly how to pronounce hand his last Logden. name from Marshall. Huge fan of him. I don't think he's coming here, but a huge fan of him. I wish we would have put a, uh, put the beat on him earlier. If I'm not sure we ever had a chance there, but he's my favorite of the big bunch, by the way, kind of, a, is he really even more yeah. than Shedrick and where Shedrick, you know what you're getting. Um, but I, I like the upside. Uh, I call him handy. He, he is, uh, handy, he, he's right? just a, a, a complete comet with the talent he has, the skill he has, and he put on a ton of muscle in the offseason. He's, he's going to be a star. I, I really think he, there's something special with him. So his dad was an NBA player too. So, I mean, he's got yeah. the, he's kind of got the background pedigree. Yeah, for um, sure. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, it doesn't. It sounds like he's probably going to the SEC. All the articles I've read about him, he talks a lot about the SEC schools. Um, so we'll see. I don't think there's. Yeah, I've heard really Mizzou a- and Florida, the two that are kind of in the the front the the front seat there for him. So yeah. We'll 
So, okay, you know, so if we can think optimistically here and we say, okay, Indiana is able to lock down one of these, you know, kind of versatile centers, you get a guy like Ledlam. Um, now it's very obvious what else you need, which is shooting and dynamic scoring from the perimeter, preferably athletic uh, scoring from the perimeter. Yep. I think we all have high hopes for CJ Gunn. Um, we're going to talk a lot about him in the offseason, but I still kind of view next season as a bit of a transition year for him to where he was kind of out of the rotation this year. Ideally, I think you want CJ Gunn to be your seventh or eighth guy um, who comes in, you know, kind of can make some shots, maybe can pop for 15 or 21 game. But if he has an off night, you're not necessarily counting on it, you know, quite as much. Um, and so you want another guy who's more experienced who can step in. The two big names right now that would fill that role that, you know, at least have some Indiana ties in terms of the recruiting are Nick Timberlake and Dalton Connect. For a while there, it looked like Timberlake, you know, was kind of the top target, but he's he went to North Carolina. I think he's on a visit now with Kansas. He set up one with UConn. Haven't heard a whole lot about Indiana with him over the last few days, so I don't really know where that stands. Dalton Connect, on the other hand, had a Zoom recently, and a lot of the chatter that you hear from different sources is that things are trending toward him getting on campus for an official visit, which would be nice. I think it's pretty clear that you know, those are the two guys. And, and by the way, as far as Caleb Love goes, I think that ship seems to have sailed. It looks like he's either going to Missouri or Michigan, so that's why we're not talking about him. But Indiana needs a guy like that who can go get buckets, can shoot, um, and even shoot in a more versatile way than Miller Cop because Miller Cop was great, but he had a pretty tight window, um, you know, yep. of scenarios when he can actually get a shot off. And you want a guy who can maybe sprint off screens, who can attack a closeout a little bit better. These guys both project there. So I'm curious to get your thoughts on each of them. And if you know any more about Timberlake, like, is that one that we should still pay attention yeah. to? Because I, I don't really know on that one. I've heard he is more of a long shot. Yeah. Drifting away to other, you know, yeah. other suitors with you. So I've kind of, I'm shorting my stock with him coming to Hoosier land, but I, I love yeah. him as a player, man. I think he's a great, he's an upgrade in Miller cop because he's right. He's a little more dynamic, more versatile, can kind of create a little bit off ball screens if needed, but just a more versatile score off the dribble kind of shot fake. And, you know, Mick got a little more wiggle to his game and he's really tough. He come from Towson. They rebounded the crap out of the ball there. He defends, uh, and he's got a little, got a little ish to his game. I'll say that too. I, I think he'd be a Hoosier favorite if he came here, but it seems like connect is the more, likely get and i think he is a i think you'll be enthralled with his offensive you people have already probably seen the highlights about right his offensive repertoire is, is pretty pretty vast i mean he can do he's got every shot in the bag he he can you know he can pass it he can score from you know mid-range he's got a long release from three it's tough to block he's got that good length i think he's a more versatile more fluid miller cop if we're going back to those miller cop comparisons i think both guys are actually very apt in that same uh type you know that that prototype uh, more offensive fluidity to him, but uh, defensively, I certainly have my concerns. I watched that team three times this year as a unit. They didn't defend anything. Now I didn't, I wasn't exactly fixed on connect myself. Like I didn't, you know, I wasn't really watching his, you know, individual defensive prowess. I'm in of the camp that you can quote unquote hide him or, um, you know, protect him defensively. Cause he has good length. I think he has good instincts. And he has a he'll have a much better supporting cast around him, right? Room protection behind him, you know, more fleet of foot defenders beside him. And I think Woodson can get the most out of him. Where you know, look what he did with Miller Cop, right? Miller Cop was a you know whatever defender, and then it became like a plus defender. Right? I don't know if we'll ever see Connect be a plus defender, but he can be serviceable to where his offensive 
uh, upside it makes him an asset. So I, I told my buddies, I think he's a great, um, you know, fifth starter, maybe, you know, first, second guy off the bench. Um, and I think he's a safer play than gun, right? I'm not sure if I want to start both those guys, but I, I like your framing of that in terms of he, he's a, a more ready type of, of gun, um, you know, to step in right away with some, you know, some veteran presence knows how to play. Love that he was coached too under Steve Smiley. He's like a very big data analytic guru, threes, rims. I think he gets it a little bit. So I kind of like that he comes from that modern type of basketball culture there. So yeah, he's a fun guy to watch too. Definitely a guy that, you know, looks, looks good on the, uh, on the highlight reel. Well, hopefully we don't beat those lessons out of him. <laughs> <laughs> Please sustain. Hopefully Please we continue sustain. those. You know, I will say, I mean, just think back defensively. Think back two years ago. How bad Parker Stewart and Miller Cop were defensively early in the season Parker and then the Stewart, way they played comp. defense yep, exactly. at the end of the season. You know, and I mean, the the difference was night and day. And so I, I understand the concerns defensively with some of these guys on the perimeter. I just based on what I've seen from two years under Mike Woodson and the trends in college basketball recruit offense on the perimeter, especially if you can put him next to a guy like Xavier Johnson, like to run Mike Woodson's defense, you do need at least one guy who can pressure the ball and keep guys in front of him, you know, and so X can be that guy, but you've got to prioritize offense and shot making with that other position. And if you have to give up a little bit defensively, you know, figure that out. Um, but you know, we've and that's got to the one position like too. This. Yeah. His position is the one defensively that it's, I call it the least important, right? If you just go, I think point of the attack, you gotta be really good on the ball. You gotta be like a guy that can stop the dynamic scores and creators that can take over games. You gotta be especially good at the rim. And then the third, more important is kind of that wing floater type of piece. And you're right. I mean, I was, my buddy made the same points. Like you can't teach offense. You can extrapolate you know, most of defense extract most potential. And think about like Texas tech, you know, Mark Adams brought in some low major guys and they turned into you know, defensive stalwarts. So I, there's more examples just outside of even Woodson here at IU that gives you, I think more confidence that these guys stepping up, um, even though they may have came from terrible defensive teams, doesn't mean they're not capable of guarding. They just may not have been as interested because they weren't playing on good teams, winning teams, to be honest, um, or they just weren't taught and weren't bred in that type of defensive first culture that Woodson clearly has going here. Yep. You can fit guys into a defensive system a lot easier than you can fit guys without offense yep. Yep. into into an offensive system because right. of the skill. You know, the heart and the mindset to to guard, uh you you could go from bad to to average real Intelligence, quick. Intelligence. Yeah, right I mean having a brain yeah, is, is system, everything. Right. Yeah, it really is. Yep. Yep. Um all right, so the other name here. And again, you know, there's some other names that have been talked about, like Kawasi Reeves from Florida. We mentioned uh, your boy Handy from Marshall. Um, Shedrick, as you said, you know, we kind of know what we're getting from him. Have you, I guess, give me your quick thoughts on Shedrick. Because to me, you know, again, I want to get, you know, one of those big versatile centers, you know, and I've kind of looked at him as a, you know, as a solid piece. Um, but he's kind of been around and, and we've seen him play and it is curious that he didn't play more for Virginia this year. Is that, yep. It's weird. Yeah. What, I mean, what's the, what's the story there? Is that something that should be a concern or is it just a guy who needs a new, a new spot? I think so. This is very simply Virginia's offense was, maybe it is a concern how that I think about it. Slight concern at, at most Virginia's offense was really in a rut and Bennett tried to, he was tinkering with some rotations he found some offensive success going with a smaller lineup, basically taking Shedrick off and working in more shooting, more spacing on offense. And it helped the offense, but they didn't play any better at all. But defensively, they really struggled. And they started to re get him back in a lineup late. 
And Virginia played a little better late. Now they kind of have the late season, you know, obviously the Furman thing was, is well documented, but I, I never understood it. I thought Ben was wrong to take him out of the lineup. I think he's a phenomenal rim protector, great defensive presence. Um, yeah, he's a guy that's as safe as it gets. You're getting a guy that can anchor a defense, a top 20 defense, top 15 defense under the right scheme. Offensively, yeah, you know, has some, has some work to do, but I think he's a know your role type guy. He's not going to completely kill you in that end. Um, yeah, I haven't heard, I don't have any good intel on, on what the, where the wind's blowing on his prognosis, but, um, I, I think he's a really safe upside guy. I was trying to rank these guys earlier today. It's tough to rank them because they have kind of different offerings and, you know, obviously different likelihoods they end up here, but I think he's, he's up there. Do you, do you think it'd be fair to say he has a higher floor than where, but where clearly yes. has the higher ceiling? Yes. Is that a good way to yes. look at it? Exactly. Yep. Okay. So the only other name really, uh, you know, that seems like one to take seriously is Jalen Deloach from VCU, VCU who I think yeah. scheduled an, an official visit. Um, I know he zoomed. I thought he scheduled an official visit. Um, said all the right things, man. You know, was referring to Bloomington as the mecca of college basketball and all the stuff you want to hear uh, from recruits. So if someone told him to say the right stuff, he certainly did. Um, your quick thoughts on on him and how he he's a different type of player than these other three centers that we've talked about. How do you think he would fit, especially with Peyton Sparks already in the fold? If it comes right to off, yeah, more of a, a glorified garbage man, but a really, really good garbage man in the Big Ten. He's a you know junkyard dog, VCU bred type guy. Uh, Mike Rhodes recruits a very distinct type of player, and Deloach fits that perfectly. I thought he anchored their defense brilliantly this season, or they top yeah top fifteen defense. So yeah, th- this is not even a step up for him in terms of proving what he can be as a defensive anchor. I think he's a great backup get. To Shedrick, you know, put those two in the same mold, get one of those type guys, like a pure defensive demon, and then where's more of a different, more all around, you know, star potential type guy. Uh, but I love Deloach, man. If you can't get Shedrick, I, I would, I'd be calling him pretty quickly. Really? Okay. Yeah. I think he's a great, I mean, again, upside limited, but high, high floor type guy. Which is interesting. And, and this is kind of the topic that I want to get you out of here on. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, you know, which is, I think it's really important for this season, especially with so much turnover, like how are you framing your expectations? And the way that we talked about it is thinking about Illinois last year, where they had a ton of of spots to fill by all accounts, knocked it out of the park in the transfer portal, getting Terrence Shannon, getting Matthew Meyer. They had a top recruiting class coming in. And then they kind of struggled through the season, you know, get a nine seed, 11 and nine in the big 10. Like it's fine. You know, it's not a great season. So if you look at that from Indiana's perspective, you know, Indiana has now made the NCAA tournament two years in a row, kind of feels like a season where you just want to keep right. that momentum going. How do you look at it? Like if you could lock in Illinois season from last year right now for Indiana, wouldn't get worse, but you wouldn't have any upside to get better. Would you do it? And do you think that's kind of a fair way to frame Mike Woodson's third season or should Indiana fans have higher expectations because of what the portal makes possible? I think they should have higher expectations because of what the portal makes possible with the NIL muscle that we have. However, if you're setting like an over under of next season success and just kind of using that loosely as barometer, that's a great line to set it at, right? I think that's a good um, most likely or median outcome, so to speak, right? 20 and 11, 11 and nine, nine seeds, what Illinois, I think, entered the Big Ten tournament. Given where the roster is at now and how much we have to replace, you know, we're, you know, replacing multiple cornerstones. It's a big ask, and I think that's a great – if we kind of hit that this year and, and see strides from younger players, guy we can keep maybe, you know, potential star for 
beyond or a transfer that's going to you know committed to me being here one more year. That's a win in my book. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a step back next year, but it's a small step back with continued longer term program momentum. If that makes any sense, that's sort of where I'm trying to put my head at. Is that where you guys are too? Yeah, that, yeah, that's almost exactly where I'm at. Um, okay. You know, and, and I'm curious. I mean, you guys do so much, you know, previewing heading into the season. I'm curious how that's changed for you now because oh. rosters are so much in flux and it's so hard to tell. I mean, yeah, you can like look at it on paper, but now you've got all these personalities that are combustible and you've had recruitments that are two weeks long. Like how do these players really know if they fit with the coaches and right. vice versa? How do you account for that when you're trying to project forward? Or do you just throw your hands up in the air? and? You know? <laughs> it's tough. I mean, I think you got to start by just like, all right, this were like a simulated, um, you know, video game team, what's it look like? And then you got to dig into the, what's the chemistry stuff look like, right? Did this team, um, they just get on campus a month before the season, right? Which a lot of teams, you know, they have guys that just arrived at the very, you know, mid end point of summer. Or was it like an FAU situation where they've all been in like full voluntary workouts for a month starting in May and June, which is what FAU is. I mean, so there's a wide variety of what you're doing in the off season to make the pieces mesh together. And that's where I, that's the toughest part at this point. Like, I mean, like we can track the rosters. It's more, you know, it's more furious this pace, you know, pace wise at this point in the season off season. But I think just understanding what the behind the scenes stuff looks like, which is like, this is where I think being a fan of a team is really fun now because you actually know way more about this stuff than like the, you know, idiot generalist prognosticator like me knows. So that's, what's really fun about that. Now you actually have to get in and like, see what's happening to really see, uh, is it coming together or is it just a like, you know, a, uh, you know, a pickup all-star team that we just formed this summer. Yeah. Matt, Matt, I, I'm interested in your thoughts on, um, you, you nationally look at all these teams like Jerome Tang was able to put together a team and, and just turn that team around right. incredibly and have great success with the transfer portal and that. And we talked about Illinois. What are a couple things that you think are important for programs, coaches to do in order to be successful in the portal? Um, and, what do we look for from Woodson and staff that'll tell us whether this is going to, I mean, obviously the results, but um, what do you think is the difference between those programs that have been successful with the transfer portal versus those that have not? Is there a couple of things or is it just the luck of the, the draw with, with the chemistry and, and the fit? I do think it's unfortunately a lot of luck of the draw. Like, I mean, that K-State thing, they, with all due respect to the role players, I mean, Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson, I mean, you they hit the absolute grand slam scenarios for both those guys, right? I mean, Keontae Johnson, most people weren't, like didn't want to take him because he wasn't going to play because that insurance policy with his health thing. Okay, he plays, and then he's an absolute all-conference beast like he was at Florida. And then Noel was, you know, he was kind of an erratic head case at a Sunbelt program. He comes into K-State, sends the world on fire. So, I mean, yeah, if you can hit grand slams and hit double zero green on the roulette table, then, I mean, that's obviously great. But I think generally – the, the programs that have done it for a little bit longer and have had some institutional success behind it, I think are going to probably have a leg up for the next year or two until the rest of the, you know, big name programs with the big money and the big time cachet get used to that acclimation process. Right. I mean, a lot of coaches I talked to last summer, were like try to put a whole new team together. It just didn't work. I kind of learned the type of guys I want to find and you know, how I want to fit this together going forward. But I do think there's a one to two year learning curve. So I hope at the, very worst case scenario, Woodson takes away something from how to do this new age recruiting. A lot of it virtually, a lot of it via the portal, very different from the old school, you know, homegrown grassroots type stuff. Um, Cause it is changing fast. And I it just was shocked to hear how many coaches 
um, you know, threw their hands up, retooling their roster last summer after failing to do it a, a good job the year before. So yeah, it's a dicey, slippery slope out there. Are there any other names that we didn't talk about that you're hearing or that you've kind of seen pop out there and you're like, man, I wish we would, you know, jump on that guy. Maybe we'd have a realistic shot. I, there's so many good dynamic guards out there. I, I keep sending my, my buddies are more plugged in than I am with the IU stuff. So I keep throwing names out there and I, I keep hearing other names back. Not that I'm discouraged by the names we talked about, but there's a lot of dynamic guards in the portal right now. Um, a lot of them already kind of have, I think, leans as to where they wanted to go, either following a coach you got um, who took a different job or just, you know, clear cut front runners that just, you know, IU really hasn't been able to, you know, wedge their way in there. I, I think one or two, three, five more, hopefully pop. I get, yeah, get like a, you know, an Estrada type guy or, a, or an mm-hmm. Smith type guy, man. Like, let's just put all of our, you know, back to the whole tank comparison. Yeah. That's the piece that we're missing. Now I know we have X coming back next season, but um, you know, it doesn't hurt to have two of those guys. I think you can work around and fill in role players a lot easier um, then you can find that type of dynamism that, I mean, look what carried those teams, of the final four elite eights, right? There's flaws all over those teams. Um, but Miami just rode prolific guard play, right? So, you know, state got enough prolific guard play when they need to along with the great defense FAU, multiple, multiple guards can do multiple things. I just think you got to have guards. It's stupid. It's cliche. I hate saying it, but continuously, um, and watching IU excessively the last few years that, that, that is the, the, the missing piece. No question. Like if you had a lottery pick freshman who played alongside your senior all for a full season, yeah. what might they have been able to do together? Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> God, uh, the what ifs of this the, season are just going to be the, the one and done. I know we need to, can we do best of three in the bracket going forward? That's my <laughs> yeah. new, uh, I'm trying to lobby for that. Like best of three against Syracuse in 2013. Maybe we, we yes. saw the zone games two and three. Just, to, I don't know. I think yep. so. I think, I think we would have gotten rid of all the mental hurdles from that, from that <laughs> first game. Although who knows, maybe Crean uh, would have kept him for an eight-hour practice, going just going, just doing <laughs> yeah. zone offense stuff, and it wouldn't have worked. You never really know. I um, hate the tournament. I love I it, know. but I hate it. And right now, it's uh, it's mostly a hate thing. So, uh, well, man, we always appreciate you coming on here. What is in store for you guys this off season? Um, a whole lot of nothing related to college basketball for at least a month or two still still track the portal and stuff but um we'll probably do i assume we're going to launch our second annual edition of the almanac with our holy grail preview stuff uh and i probably start around july so yeah kind of a lull period but then we get into it pretty heavily in july and that kind of consumes us until the season starts man so yeah mm-hmm. hopefully i'll uh, i'm not sure who's getting the big 10 this year i'll try and lobby for that to to give our conference uh, it's proper due. So I think Goodman or, or Douster probably butchered it last season. So I apologize about that. <laughs> that is all good. Well, hopefully we see some better basketball from the Big Ten here moving forward, man. It was I brutal offseason. Just rinse, wash, repeat, though, isn't it? Man, tough. At least we're not Purdue. I, it was Texas. Exactly. Exactly. I know. I was texting with someone the other day. I was like, you know. I mean, I would never do this because I love Indiana, but I would kind of like to take a year off from just being so inundated in Big Ten basketball and just like experience another conference. There's a lot more aesthetically pleasing basketball <laughs> out there. I will say that. So if you ever get a chance to get out of the Big Ten cocoon, you'll find um, yeah. if you're into offense and, you know, like what FAU is doing this year, like that stuff's happening. It's out there. You just got to mm-hmm. leave the the Big Ten <laughs> yeah. torture chambers. We, we just don't see it that much. <laughs> uh, well, Matt, thanks, man. Really appreciate you coming on short thanks. notice. Awesome insight. And uh, we will look to talk with you again soon. And hopefully, hopefully we get some good news uh, soon here on some of these guys who are on their visits.
Yep. Let's get that roster in tip top shape, Mike. Uh, always a pleasure, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks, man. All righty. So that is going to do it for segment two. We will be back here in a matter of moments for our mailbag. Got a lot of great questions. Coach and I will be here and knock some of those questions out, including a mediocre question from Jay. Stick around. All right. Good stuff. Matt, that was great. We appreciate it. Gentlemen. No, loved it. Uh, yeah, I was gonna, any other inside intel? I've been trying to. I'm not sure my sources are, you know, Shams caliber good, but um, yeah, I guess e- uh, Graham was the other guy I was going to bring up too. Oh, but Graham, that sounds E-K. like we're not even we're not even. I, I, that's ship sailed. So yeah, I think I heard Providence it. for him, and then maybe not Providence for him. Okay, so I don't know exactly. Yeah, what's going on? Um. um and I heard, uh, yeah, I, I, Nemhard recruited or dropped in today. He's another one of those like kind of awesome guards, but I think he's going to probably follow his. If he wants to come be close to his brother. His brother yeah. came to an IU game this right. year. He's up up there with the Pacers. That's why, uh, I think that's why my friend brought it up, actually. I think he's going to go to Arizona, though, and follow Lloyd, who recruited his old, yeah, recruited yeah. Um, to, to Gonzaga. And they lost Creesa, who went to West Virginia. West Virginia. We didn't want him. Yes. We didn't get him. Um, I'm also... We had a big Caleb Love argument with me and my buddies in my group chat. I was team don't get Love, even though Love is the really? type of player that we need. Yeah, so I know I'm yeah. talking out of both sides of my mouth there. But I, I think it's a blessing in disguise. I really mm. do. What's your – But you're what's, right. What's the quick it is a why? guy – It like, is a guy we, we need. Want. Right, it's a guy we That's need. what we it's want. Like, <laughs> but we don't want so that other stuff. Maybe can't be choosers. Yeah. Maybe I can't yeah. be – We need that, but not that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need that skill set. <laughs> But uh, someone who, no, who, who I, he shoots, yeah, will run the he, offense. He's yeah. like a, I, I called him a rich man's Devonte Green. That was actually kind of a, I don't know if that was like my throwing shade at, yeah, I don't know. So we don't need. I'm fine being picky and waiting for something better if it's out there. It's not. I mean, it, that's probably a fair comparison. That's a name that came up a lot. You know, the, okay, streaky, yeah. streaky players. It's, I think it's, I think it's fair. They both seem like good guys that are probably a little bit misunderstood and probably needed, probably right. need a different coach. Devonte, I think certainly would have thrived under a different coach. Um, yes, very yes, much so. The that two was that, 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 right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had um, one year of Kareen and then the rest with Archie. Um, and Caleb Love, you know, who knows what Hubert Davis is doing down there, but certainly sounded yeah, from his dad's comments like he wants to be coached. So I don't know that's if that's a, an indictment that. of what, what he had before or what, but. Yeah, I think Hubert got lightning in the bottle, and that was a, uh, I think, UNC fans, and also I'll say this, Texas fans with Rodney Terry, I think they're going to, the this short-lived success will actually hurt them long-term because I think they kind of saw there's a little bit of fool's gold there. So we'll see. It's, we'll see. you know, I, I, th- I think a lot about the Mike Davis example when I see that happen, you know, when a coach kind of takes yeah. over a program that someone uh, else has built. And I mean, I love Mike Davis, but he even admits he wasn't ready for the job at that time. Um, and Terry actually has experience. I, what do you do if yeah, you're Texas, does. though? No, you, you know, have to, I, they did everything right. It's just a tough spot. And I think actually yeah. Terry's, Terry's gotten too much beef for being like, oh, he's a terrible. Like, no, he's, he's a fine coach. I think he's very good. I just, He's in that, you know. I think Texas can get almost whoever they want, and they probably would have preferred to have a, a a blank slate, clean canvas type of approach to that hiring to to start. And if do the it right. Texas, but, yeah, if the Texas I mean? job was open, he's not going to be one he's of their right. top five talk, candidates. You're not, you're not even to bring in the consideration set no, unless no. you follow Beard, so that, which is, by the way, yeah. why I think assistants like uh, who is it, Patrick, going to 
uh, Arkansas, that's kind of smart. You kind of get your way into a top tier type staff and you can sort of jockey your way into fast tracking into positional yeah. uh, sunshine. So, um, Hey, but the Mike Davis thing, ironic, but the whole dusty may ties. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking ahead to five years when dusty may gets the call from Bloomington, but I might be looking ahead to five years when dusty may gets the call. It's or, natural. Or I mean, we all love Woody. It's not, it's not an indictment Woody of Woody, but I mean, he's, He's got a short, you know, right, most exactly. likely, no. although, you know, who knows with advancements in AI and longevity science, maybe, <laughs> maybe what do you coach forever? You know, he's, he certainly seems but like Dusty's, a no stress guy. So. <laughs> Dusty's guards moved and shot and attacked. It was, wasn't it crazy? And they had like Dusty. seven of them. They were so much fun. Wow. All, all nine of wow. those dudes would start for us. I'm convinced. All nine of those dates would start for us. Well, but and I'll tell you, like role players, but they they can. That was play. beautiful to watch. The thing that I thought watching though watching those guys play is I could see CJ Gunn and Jakai Newton playing on that team. You know, long Ooh, okay. guards. You know, right. and and interchangeable sort of right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're not to- like you're a point guard, you're a wing. That, that, right. The Big Ten just has very clearly like yeah. positional labels, right? You could line them up yes. all, and you can one, two, three, four, five. Where you, you throw FAU out there, and it's basically they had you know guards, four of them at one time, and they had two bigs. They just interchanged. It was yeah. just very so fluid. So I mean, obviously, it's tough to get six guards who can do it at that level, and they got some really good players too. But um, yeah, yeah, I if Dusty could do a little bit of that. That mojo here, I'd, I'd be fine with it. Again, we'll I talk mean, about it in five years when he comes. Yeah, and but they developed guys. That's the thing. Yes, they did. That, like right. IU no. fans, that is one thing with IU fans. He we kept have... those guys for two multiple years. Um, that's what's so impressive. Yeah. All those dudes came back immediately last year. They're all all coming back this year. I mean, that's insane. They went to the final four. They've had everyone calling them up, all from six figures, and they're all just going to come back to FAU. It's crazy. So it's awesome. He's built in, in what special. a twenty four hundred seat uh, arena. I too. went to it. It's I an mean, absolute that, that speaks. Joke. They, uh, I, Goodman told us behind the scenes that Dusty said, Hey, listen, I'll stay at FAU, but like, we gotta do something about this. So I think they're pouring a bunch of money into the place and they're getting it fixed up. It's still nice. Um, they're not going to pay what, you know, what we would pay or hell, whoever the hell he, he got offers from. I'm sure he got plenty of phone calls. Yeah. So, well, that's the thing Indiana fans have forgotten. Players can yeah. develop. <laughs> They can get like, better. We're always so used to. We just got to bring in new guys, you know. Like, no, no, <laughs> players can get better. But I think we're starting to see some of that under Woody. So hopefully that. Yeah, continues. that's true. We are. I agree with that. Development's been much better under Woody. No question. Just got to keep him. Got to keep him. Well, that too. That too. Well, Matt, thanks, man. We appreciate it. We will let yeah, you thanks, uh, let you get out of here. And uh, always, thanks, man. Always for coming on. No, you guys are the best, man. Take care of yourself. Seriously, appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, Coach. Uh, let's roll through, uh, a few of these questions. Sorry if I've been a little bit distracted. I was fielding some messages, uh, not really at liberty to say what the messages are about, but I don't know. I might clear my calendar tomorrow just to make sure (laughs) I have some availability for things that could come up. All right, let's do this. Hi, it's Thomas Bryant. What's the only thing better than being Kentucky in the NCAA tournament? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. Thank you, Thomas. I'm Jared Morris here with Coach Brian Tonsoni. 
Uh, just had a great conversation with our buddy Matt Cox from Three Man Weave. Gave a lot of really, really good insight uh, on the guys that Indiana is targeting in the transfer portal, just kind of overall you know, transfer portal philosophies, his expectations for Indiana. So really appreciate um, his time with us this evening. And now, Coach, it is time to go through the mailbag here. A lot of these questions submitted, actually this week, all the questions submitted via our private IU basketball discussion community. You can learn more about that at assemblycall.com slash community. The doors are open. We'd still love to have you join us. It's going to be a fun offseason. Um, so come join us there. And, Coach, let's begin uh with a little uh something special here it's not that good but it's not that bad it's jay's mediocre question that's right ladies and gentlemen jay is back and he's got a question for us coach the question is the portal has established a new recruiting hierarchy where transfers are generally preferred over most high school recruits do you think that's a good thing or bad thing for college hoops as a whole moving forward uh, man, that's, it depends on how you look at it, I think, but I think it's an overall, it, it's a good thing. Uh, look at the tournament that we had that was just topsy-turvy tournament. Teams are able to reload and rebuild, uh, because of that players are able to go where they, uh, would rather go. So for the young man, it's a, it's easier movement, uh, to get to a place where they feel better, uh, for, for whatever reason, more playing time or just a better fit. So ultimately, yes, I think it's good. Uh, I, I think, unfortunately, some of the high school guys that aren't at the very top of the recruiting rankings or in the AAU that used to be able to be recruited and then developed for a year or two or three, they have to go a different route now. They have to probably go a smaller route and then transfer into to bigger schools. I think your your power six schools are still going to recruit the very top of the AAU circuit and bring those guys in, of course, top 100 probably. Uh, but ultimately, yes, I think it's better. I think you're going to see more parity. I think you're you're going to see some teams like FAU um, that when you have a coach wanting to build, get some guys in. Uh, and, and in our situation at Indiana, it would be a tough year if we had to just depend on the roster of the guys coming back and go get five or six freshmen uh, and, and make the freshmen have to play that Big Ten schedule. We'd be waiting a year or two uh, till, till they developed in order to be competitive again. I think this gives Indiana a chance to be uh, competitive. Uh, so it's different, but I ultimately, I, I even as an old man uh, <laughs> who likes things the way it was a while back, I, I think it's it's ultimately good. All right. Well, before we go on to these other questions, uh, we do want to give a special shout out. Our buddy Joel became a grandparent again today, Coach. Congratulations. Uh, he and his Joel. wife, Julie, uh, grandparents again, a new little Hoosier brought into the world. Benjamin Edward, eight pounds, six ounces. Congratulations, uh, Joel. Hopefully you talk to him little bit differently than you talk to some of us in the chat <laughs> but no man we're, ha we're happy for you guys we still still fix them the brisket <laughs> yeah fix them fix them some brisket maybe bounce them on your knee tell them stories yeah. about al durham and christian lander and you know all those guys uh so no we uh we're very happy for you guys um that is always awesome news man there's nothing nothing better uh than the birth of a new child or a grandchild so that is very very exciting um, all right, let's go through a few of these other ones from Troy with the ending of the big 10 ACC challenge. What would you rather see take its place that week after Thanksgiving, a new conference challenge, like 
you know, against the Big 12 or an expanded Gavit games, keep it open for other non-conference games or shift the early conference games a few days forward. I mean, I think clearly you've got to prioritize high profile games somehow, some way, get in the national conversation by playing someone good. Not only do you test yourself, but you keep yourself top of mind. There have been too many seasons recently where it just felt like Indiana's off over here doing its non-conference thing, and no one cares, and it never makes waves, in part because the team hasn't been good enough, and in part because the schedules have been bad. And that's the thing this year. Indiana was up and down, uh, you know, obviously dealing with injuries and inconsistency and all kinds of stuff early on, but there was still a lot of benefit from playing those games. You know, you got the win against Xavier. You got, you know, good experience against Arizona and Kansas, even if you didn't win. So I don't know exactly what shape that would take. You know, if there's some kind of new challenge, great. If there's some kind of, you know, recurring series with, you know, a Kentucky or another high profile team, awesome. But do something that puts you in the national spotlight. Because if you want to be a national program, that's what you have to do. And you have to be able to play and win those games. So to me, that's that's the option. And I'm not deep enough into the schedule stuff to know exactly what that would be. Uh, but something higher profile than the Crossroads Classic, for sure. Yeah, I, I'd say keep it open for high profile non-conference games uh, would be my number one choice. If we do, I, I kind of am intrigued by the mid-conference season um you know, if you have a conference tournament thing with the Big 12 or, or the, like the SEC and the Big 12 do that sometime in late January, early February, yeah. just to just to go against some competition outside your league. Uh, I think that'd you be know, awesome. that, that would be that would be pretty cool because um, you're going to match up your top teams. For, well, in the offseason, your top teams versus your top teams, you get some heck of a good matchups. I mean, what Kansas and Kentucky uh, have played uh, that that. Uh, breaks up some of the the conference uh, season. I would like that, but you need high profile games. Uh if you have 11, I think 5 have to be high profile of some sort depending on whether you're in a the non-exempt tournament or you schedule them like you did this year or just have a home and away with, you know, uh, a you know, I was going to say UCLA, but that's not going to be non-conference much any uh, soon here anyway, but um I think that Indiana needs to ha- at least have five for profile and for bracketology purposes of of building your resume. Those games against Kansas and Arizona, they didn't go our way. They they weren't close, but they helped get Indiana a four seed with some losses uh, above some other teams because uh, their metrics and everything against those teams. Um, it, it just matters. Uh, it matters, and for far too long. We haven't done that. I know a lot of fans would like to see that in Bloomington and get a nice game at Bloomington. That's some, you know, sometimes hard to guarantee every year. But go play in New York. Go play uh, in in Vegas. Go play in Los Angeles. Do something like that um, to draw some interest um, against top quality. Yep. <clears throat> All right, from Matt. I'm really curious when we think some of the pieces will start falling into place from the portal. Sparks committed quick, which seems like a great sign that he really wanted to be at IU. Should the fact that other guys have visited and are being visited by the staff but not committing be a concern to us? Or should we look at it as a positive that the players and staffs are taking their time and trying to ensure the right fit? Um, You know, look, I I think we all have to readjust our expectations for this time of year because the reality is it's, you know, it's an interesting thing. It's kind of a dichotomy where it's like, okay, there's all these players out there and you want to get on them quickly because, you know, as the good players start to go, there's fewer of them out there. But man, I mean, we're still kind of in the beginning stages of the transfer portal. 
you know, season, there's going to be a lot more guys come out. I mean, just look at, you know, the last few days, guys that have come out, you know, Hunter Dickinson pops and Nemhard pops. And there's still many weeks for additional guys to pop. So we are still early in the process. That's part of the reason why, you know, we've said, let's have patience. And because of the recruiting work that the staff has done the last two seasons, there's reasons to be optimistic. Now, as we look at it right now, you know, you're starting to see official visits, right? And so you're starting to see things heat up. I think obviously if you see a whole bunch of official visits come and then, you know, the momentum seems to wane, maybe I would start to get concerned. But, you know, we're just, you know, Kalel Ware is on campus right now. Chris Ledham is on campus right now. You know, everything that you kind of heard about those guys heading into the visits was positive. Everything that you're hearing during the visit is positive. Um, And so I think it's way too early uh, yet to really be worrying about, oh my gosh, we haven't gotten another commitment. If we get into late April and May and we don't have any, okay, then maybe we'll change that a little bit. Um, but I think there are lots of reasons to be optimistic. And I think there's lots of reasons to be optimistic about the guys who are on campus right now. Um, so, you know, I would say just continue to be patient, let this play out. Um, and I know it's hard in the moment, but we just really have to let some of the dust settle and see what happens here. Um, you know, what I think you can look at, coach, is, all right, who are we targeting? Who are we bringing in for, vi- you know, the, the coaches aren't going to bring guys in for visits that they're not serious about. It's a waste of time for everybody. They're not going to do it. Um, you know, and so you look at the guys that the staff seems to be prioritizing, and I think it tells you a little something about how they want to build the roster. Now, if you saw just, you know, if they were, you know, just looking to replace the guys they had last year and kind of setting up the same way. I would be a little bit concerned because it would suggest, hey, when these commitments do start coming, what do we actually have? But the way I look at it, some of these guys we're targeting will allow us to play in a different way. They're going to give this thing a different flavor. They fit well with the pieces that we already have. I'm encouraged about that. Now let's trust them to go do the work of closing you know, closing some commitments um, and seeing what the roster actually looks like. But that's kind of where I'm at. I, I don't, you know, when will some of the pieces start falling into place? I mean, again, you got two guys on on campus for visits right now, and I guarantee you the staff's goal is to not have them leave without getting a commitment. You know, these are shorter recruitments. You want to get that commitment assuming that the fit is there. So, I mean, you could start hearing news as soon as tomorrow if those go well, uh, or it could take a little bit longer. So, but we are starting to enter that time now. The official visits are happening. You can start getting the news, but it's still not quite late enough yet to panic if you don't hear that news. Um, how are you approaching it, Coach? I, I think it's a positive. You you want your coaching staff doing due diligence and looking at all the guys that come in the portal. I'm pretty sure they're looking at guys that haven't even announced in the portal, like what if these guys go? These are our type of guys. If there's not some texting, hey, have you ever thought about coming to Indiana for NIL money? If that's not happening, right? Now, for me saying that, that just feels – you know, not good, but that's the way it, it is. If a coaching staff is not doing all of that and just taking the first person who contacts you, that's not putting together a team in the in, in the way Mike Woodson wants them to, to be put uh, together. So you, you have to have some patience with this. The nice thing is some of the guys who are interested in Indiana and the guys that Indiana are interested do tell us a little bit about how Mike Woodson might want to change, how he's doing things, and the fact that they're interested. If Indiana's off the list – that's when you start getting, you know, all of a sudden these guys pop and, oh, they're known names or they're good, talented, or they're ranked in the top 50 in the portal transfer. And they're not. None of these guys are listed in Indiana. 
that's when you have to get uh, start start your panicking or the timing, like you said. A lot of the guys that are interested have had meetings and they've decided to go elsewhere. Then you might say, hey, what's going on? But it is just way too early uh, to, to, to do that. And it's the same thing like with the Sparks commitment. Everyone was like, oh, we got a post player. We need guards. Yes, we need guards. We got four spots left, and you still need two or three post players. I mean, all the teams that won had a couple of nice post players and a lot of guards, so there's still room. Uh, for uh, the guards to appear uh, in this transfer portal, but it's positive. You got to do. You got to do your due diligence. You can't just rush into this speed dating. It is, but there's a risk, you know. So you got to kind of, you know, speed date as smartly as you possibly can. And I think that's that's what's happening here. And the other thing that's important to remember is just because there's conversations with a guy and it doesn't work out, it doesn't automatically mean that the player rejected us. It right. very well could mean that a conversation happened and the coaching staff thought this re- isn't really a fit. And we're never really going to know that unless someone comes out and says it or someone just has, you know, an incredible source who was on that call or whatever. But for the most part, we're never going to know that stuff, right? Like with Caleb Love, there was all this chatter about it. What do we actually know about how that happened and how the conversations went? We don't really know a whole lot. So it's, you know, we always want to kind of jump to conclusions you know, and either be defensive and say, well, we don't want that guy anyway, or, or, you know, get down in the dumps and be like, man, we got rejected again, but we don't know. And so I think one of the most important things we can do as a fan, which is also one of the hardest things, because we face it all the time hosting this postgame show, is remembering all the stuff we don't know. And I think when you remember the stuff you don't know, it allows you to just to not worry about some of that stuff, because we don't know and you can't control it anyway, so it's not worth worrying about. It would probably be a healthier experience for everybody if all college basketball fans just went away for a couple months and then came back when the dust settled to see what the rosters are. But that wouldn't be nearly as much fun. But while we're having fun tracking all this stuff, we do need to keep it kind of in the right perspective. Um, And that's what I always try to come back to is if you feel yourself starting to get worked up about stuff, you know, ask yourself that question, what do I really know about this? You know, and it may not be a lot, and that helps you on the one hand. And the other hand is, you know, look, let's say that, okay, Indiana does not get Timberlake and they don't get Connect, and we don't really hear about a lot of other irons in the fire for a perimeter score. I'd start to get a little bit concerned at that point. I wouldn't necessarily panic because there are other guys out there, but at that point, I might start to get a little bit concerned. But right now, we're still in that first cycle where, you know, having the official visits, you know, waiting for guys to make their decisions. So I think you've got time to be patient. Um, by the way, we have like 315 people live in an off season show <laughs> a few weeks. And you just told the them all to leave for That's two awesome. months. <laughs> no, no, no. That was can hypothetical. Just talk- Stay. Everyone else oh, okay. can go. We'll, we'll still keep doing the show though. We'll still keep doing the show. <laughs> just don't focus on recruiting. <laughs> um, okay. And let me say this, it, you know, just kind of our philosophy on this stuff, because there are times that things happen and, you know, we hear things and blah, blah, blah. Um, I think, you know, like, like if I heard that we were going to get a commitment, we would not break that news ever. You know, we would leave that as, you know, something that's news for a player to break. 
Um, and so, you know, that's never something that we would talk about on this show, but as soon as news like that breaks, you can be sure that we'll do everything that we can, you know, to get an emergency pod up and react to it, um, and do all of that stuff. So it's just the time of year, pay attention because news comes out of left field on guys entering the portal on commitments. It's just a, it's a different, it's a more volatile environment than high school recruiting, which takes place over a longer period of time. This is quick and, you know, can be impulsive, although you don't want it to be as impulsive, but stuff can happen quickly. Um, so just keep your eyes peeled and we'll all react, react to it together if and when stuff happens. And hopefully for all of us, stuff happens uh, sooner rather than later. All right, to Greg, I'd like to talk more about being built to win the Big Ten versus in the NCAA tournament. And do we think it's worth settling for three or four in the league to have a shot at Final Fours? How do we as fans find that balance? How do you view that? coach, because you do need to be able to navigate a Big Ten season. Um, But I think we've seen that there are different things that work in the Big Ten and the NCAA tournament. They're not necessarily mutually exclusive, but they don't always fit perfectly together. So how do you approach that from a roster building standpoint? I mean, it's Indiana. It's about the tournament um, for me. Um, It's about banners. Uh, You know, I want to see two or three more before I I'm I'm done done in this world. You know, because it was fun. It was fun in 1987 being in the fountain. You know, kissing all those ladies Uh, for a guy like me. uh, You know, that was that was a great experience. Did you see Uh, in our community there was a whole thread of guys talking about how they were in the fountain? I was like, were there any were there any girls there? Was it just was it just all dudes in the fountain in '87? It might have been. Who knows? You know, it was. It was quite the celebration, but um, it, it, it is interesting because of the style of the Big Ten play, but it's about guards and it's about dudes. If you saw any learned anything about the NCAA tournament, it is you have to have a combination of inside and outside, but you have to have guards. Uh, if you don't have two or three guards uh, to move the ball, shoot the ball, drive the ball, you are not going to be as successful. I don't care how talented your post player is. I, that's just college basketball. What the Big Ten does is they all get big guys and not enough guards, and then they play each other, and someone wins the conference and, and, and the tournament, and then they don't win in the NCAA tournament, and then everyone's mad at good coaches. I just think it's a play a style of play. Uh, Painter comes out today in an article. Uh, I, I'm gonna. I've tagged. I want to go read. He said we need more team quickness. Yeah, you do. Uh, Iowa does. Wisconsin does. Indiana does. The the whole Big Ten does. So for me, it's no brainer. Uh, the Big Ten's nice. I want to win Big Ten championships. I want to win the Big Ten tournament sometime. That would be great. But you know what? After you cut down the net on Sunday, uh, I don't want to lose to the 16 seed. Um, we won't. But you know, Big Ten teams kind of do at times. So for me, the answer to that question is um, the ultimate. You, you want to be in Final Fours and cut down net uh, at the regional to get to the Final Four, and you want to ultimately have a chance to win a banner. You play to win championships at the highest level. You'll settle for some uh, along the way, uh, but I think you can be you know, out in front of a conference shift uh, if you do that as well, because then people are going to try to play catch up to you. And then next thing you know, maybe the conference is a little more pleasing to watch. I wonder what would have given Painter the idea that they needed more quickness. Was there a recent result? F, your T-shirt. <laughs> That's right. Oh, that really is the gift that keeps on giving. FDU. Yeah. Um, all right, here's I, I, a fun. That's all I'm going to say, Jared, when I go to Lafayette and people <laughs> just start talking pretty bad. I'll just say <laughs> FDU. And I might leave out the D every once in a while to those pretty fans. 
that's great. Uh, all right, from Kara. Here's a fun question instead of a basketball question, a fun fan question. You have a table for six tonight at your favorite Bloomington restaurant, and you can invite one IU coach and four players. Which restaurant are you going to, and who do you invite? You can invite past or current coach or players and assume when you ask that they will say yes, and I'll join you. So Kara's one of the six. Uh, She'll be there with us. Who are you – where are you going, coach, and who are you inviting? So we have one coach and four players, right? One coach and four players, and then us and Kara. So we need seven. Then we need yeah, seven. Yeah, so I guess seven. Right. Yeah. Seven. Seven, eight. We, we, the two of us. Okay. I'm going, obviously, Coach Knight. This, yes. Um, obviously, Coach Knight. Uh, and, and glad that he's well, by the way. He had a stint in the hospital. We wish him well. Um, and, and, uh, it was good to see people reach out and, and, and wish him well on, on social media and all that stuff, too. So my four players, Quinn Buckner, no surprise to anyone who's, uh, listened to me, uh, Victor Aladipo. Uh, Ray Tolbert and Calbert Cheney, and we're going nice. to Little Zagreb's. Okay, and what are you going to talk about? Like, what's do you have a? If, if you're I'm not one, talking about anything, I'm listening. <laughs> I ain't saying a damn thing. I'm saying, fellas, tell me everything, <laughs> and I'm just going to listen to them talk back and forth. See, that's because everyone except Victor have, played. Uh, Everyone except Victor played, but I, then if I had to ask a question of Victor, I was like, could you have played for Knight? And then I'd love to hear Knight's answer. You oh, know, yeah. like that would just be beautiful. Him, him talking about Victor and Knight would you know, jabbing Victor. him a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, so Quinn was a, 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 the ultimate point guard for me. Ray Tolbert was an unsung, you know, the six, nine dunker at the time in the 81 uh, and then Calbert just Calbert's Calbert, right? Um, uh, hard to, hard to narrow it down. To these four, but I, I think that would be a, a great uh, conversation piece, young and old, combined with a great coach. So hard. Um, yeah, I'd probably go to Zagreb's too. Although there's so many options, um, I would, I would, I would call Galen uh, and have him. We'd we'd work through together what would be the best restaurant. Probably spend about an hour talking it through uh, with him. But I would coach Knight would be my coach. And man, it was really hard. Like I want to invite Jay Edwards and like all these other guys, but ultimately I would go Calbert, Greg Graham, Matt Nover, and Alan Henderson to talk about the 92 and 93 seasons, talk about their experience with blue chips and just everything that happened that year. Cause those are, I mean, that's my IU basketball wheelhouse. Those are my two favorite teams. Um, and then we could drink Alan Henderson's bourbon as well as we go late into the night, drinking bourbon, swapping stories. Um, it, you know, it's a, it's a great question and it's a tough question because you immediately start thinking about all the guys that you left off, you know, like, it, I mean, it would, it'd be great to have Branch McCracken, you know, and bring like Don Schlunt and Slick Leonard and Bill Garrett and some of those guys on there and talk about those old stories. Um, you know, it'd be obviously be great to have guys from the 75 and 76 team to talk about that, you know, just incredible run that they had. So, I mean, that's the thing with Indiana basketball. There's so many eras and players and coaches and stories that you could go to. Um, but I think ultimately the, the little kid in me would have to do it with those guys. I think I made. And I left it, out I'm, I'm Damon, sure I told, but yeah, you know, that's there's just hard. so many. I think I'm probably I'm for sure have told this story before, but I, I worked basketball camps when I first was becoming a coach in the ninety one, ninety two, and 
we'd go out every night and three nights in a row till like three or four in the morning, then up at seven coaching basketball. It was just torturous. Right. So the last night I'm like, guys, I'm not, I can't go out. I'm, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to go home. My wife was pregnant at the time. Uh, and so the guys come back in at three or four, wake me up. I'm like, yeah, Quinn Buckner bought dinner and sat around all night long. I missed my opportunity to hang out yeah. with my guy, uh, because I was being, you know, I responsible. guess responsible, responsible. Uh, but I was that close to having dinner and sitting around listening to, uh, stories from, from Quinn Buckner. That okay. Night. How does no one text you and say like, coach, uh, you got to get back here, Jared. That was before a texting oh, was even <laughs> invented. How does that someone 90- not send a carrier pigeon? To fly yeah, over you. Come on, man. <laughs> what kind of question is that? That's right. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it would have been a carrier pigeon. That is funny. <laughs> um, all right, let's just hit a few more because we should get rested. Um, who are we truly serious about as transfers? We talked through that. Uh, X is eligibility. We talked through that. Just waiting a couple weeks. Being patient. Uh, concern level, I have zero concern right now. Eh, I might get a one just because we have a lot of open spots. I won't say zero, um, but I still I still feel pretty good and optimistic, and I think there's plenty of evidence. Like I don't think you just I don't think you need to just throw on crimson colored glasses to feel optimistic. I think there's real evidence um, for reasons to to be good. Um, yeah, this question from Alex. Uh, okay, of the two players visiting campus this week, which one would you prefer a commitment from if you could only have one? I don't know. I mean, I really like Ledlam and everything he brings. But I think finding a guy who's whatever where is seven one, who can shoot, who can do all the things and that has the ceiling that he has, I think you got to take a chance on that. And, and I'll tell you the other thing that we – I forgot to mention this with Matt – is, you know, so Oregon, I mean, Dana Altman called him out hardcore this year for like not playing. I mean, Dana Altman, it seemed like he had kind of a weird season. He was calling everybody out this year. I don't know if that's what he normally does, but it just seemed like a weird season at Oregon. But you probably needed to call himself out as bad as he played. Maybe so. But, you know, think about this season, coach. We had a, a, you know, highly regarded freshman big in Malik Renew. And what was the big thing Woody talked about a lot in November, December, January? He's got to learn how to play hard. And he wasn't afraid to talk about it. Now, I think he dealt with it more delicately publicly than Altman did with Ware, which, gosh, I mean, some of the stuff with Ware almost just seemed mean. Um, you know, but with with Malik, it, Coach was just very matter-of-fact, and, you know, he had conversations with him about it. And what was the most noticeable thing about Malik in February and March? Even though his production was a little bit up and down and the fouls were up and down, he kicked it into another gear in terms of playing hard, you know? And so you have that experience where coach Woodson has, you know, dealt with a little bit of that and helped. That certainly gives me confidence that he'll be able to build that relationship and do some of the same with where. So I love Ledlam. I really do. And sometimes we talk about these other guys and you kind of forget about Ledlam, but then you go back and watch him and it's like, man, he does so many things in a game that are going to help you win. So I really want to get him. I think he's just a good piece to have, but I mean, that high-end talent, like, what do we always talk about? Why doesn't the Big Ten win? They don't have enough high-end talent. Well, here's a high-end talent. It's risk-reward. It's boom-bust. I think you got to take a chance on it. But the fact that you have Renew and Sparks and some other capable guys who can man the post for you behind him, 
I think gives you an opportunity now to kind of roll the dice, take a gamble. So give me that guy because we need more McDonald's All-American type players. And at some point, those need to work out. Um, so give me where, but I don't. I hate the question because uh, I want them both. But this is really just Alex we, getting we, back at me for all the all the times I ask questions in the community, and people are like, "Well, I want like a both or an either or." Yeah. So I get it. <laughs> you got to pick. You know the the situation with anyone, whether it, it had been love or where you hear some of these things, where there's some questions about do they fit into the team or are they those types of things. I think that's where you trust Woodson. Uh, I think Woodson's strength is that behind the scenes talking to players. Now, I know we had some guys leave, and it might not connect with everyone or might not advance everyone, but they sure as heck have done wonders for X, uh, who came in with some question marks. Um, you mentioned hit the growth of Renew, who wasn't playing hard. And I think the general manager, we've talked about this term, the general manager job of college basketball, the behind the scenes, the, 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 the communication piece. I think Woodson hits that out of the park. Um, and so that's obviously he's an honest communicator. And, and, and so whether it be where or, or love or whoever comes in that we hear some questions or we saw them play at their spot and the coach called them out, those things, I, I really trust Woodson. If he wants that person, then he's going to feel that he can reach that person. That doesn't mean that's going to be successful because sometimes we as coaches believe this is the right fit and we can get this guy and then it doesn't work out. But I believe Woodson will get will be able to try, uh, and if it doesn't work out, it's going to be more the player than it is the coach, in in, in my opinion. So for me, um, you need dudes. You need high end talented dudes, uh, and you need them as soon as possible. That's why when we argued and discussed love last week, I was uh, you know yeah you got to roll the dice sometimes, um, and then next summer at this time if it doesn't work out, uh, but you know McDonald's All Americans in the transfer portal. That's kind of hard to pass up, but let's not stop at one. Get you know, get one and get the other if if that's the case, right? So absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us on this week's edition of the Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live, you can join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our Assembly Call radio recording. Thank you to Bob Thompson for producing our music. Thank you to John Ringer of RigDesign.com for designing our logos, and of course. Thank you for listening, and thank you, everybody, who was here live uh, tonight. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you next week or a few days from now or tomorrow, whatever. Uh, until then. Take it from me, Robert Johnson. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Here I come. This is Don Sony. I mean, this is the time of year when you just never know when the next show is going to come. So I don't want to just say next Thursday. You know, could be emergency pods, you know, things, things happening. Uh, if we do. It's speed hap- dating. It's, it's speed show. It's speed dating. You know? If I decide to, um, or if we decide to do a show tomorrow, coach, do you have any availability? Are you in school all day? Yeah, I'm in school all day. I. Do you have like some worksheets you can give the kids if you do? I had to, ma- I had the master's uh, <laughs> issue today. I was. <laughs> I had a doctor's appointment and watched the Masters, so I have nice. to be in school tomorrow. All right. All right. Well, we will be. But I'm available. I'm available at noon. Okay. Right around noon or, you know, 2.30 for, for okay. about a half an hour. So if you need me. All right. Well, we will we will see what Friday brings us. Um, but, yeah.
try to. I'll be in Bloomington tomorrow night. I can maybe you know camp oh, out. Are you going down call, tomorrow night? See if there's any any breaking news. Yeah, baseball. We, we usually go nice. down. Brent and I go down Fridays. So we're gonna. Um, baseball team's doing rather well. We're gonna go over to Illinois for a weekend series. It's uh, Bart Kaufman Stadium's fantastic to watch baseball, and so yeah, maybe I'll get How, some scoop from uh, some people down there. Give us your your forty five second uh, assessment of the baseball team this year. What kind of squad do we have? Uh, fun. A L- lot of fun. Offensively, uh, just real, really talented. Very rare where we'd be held down. We were held down the other day at Indiana State uh, for nothing, but this team can flat out hit. Uh, their pitching is suspect, uh, average, below average probably at best, so they've got to win some games 12-9. to 9, But I-, I really like what Coach Mercer's doing. He he understands what kind of team they have. and you know He says he need- if we score more than six runs, we're going to win, so we build our pitching staff to hold teams to six and under. Uh, that's just the staff he has, but uh, yeah, I think they're going to be good. And I think they're going to be tournament bound. Uh, th- they're a program in the right direction. Uh, Megan wants to know if you're going to join them for breakfast on Sunday. <laughs> I- I'm not staying all weekend, Megan. Uh, but thank you anyway. No, I'm just driving down Friday and driving back. Uh, I got Easter in LaPorte, Indiana this weekend. So I'm only in for one game this weekend. Nice. All righty. Well, this is awesome. It's nice to see so many people uh, here in the offseason interested uh, in this stuff. Whenever we do these offseason shows, my wife is always like, what on earth is there to talk about? Well, with the transfer portal, there's now a lot to talk about, and there's lots of you here uh, making it worthwhile for us to talk about it. So we appreciate that. Um, But yeah, we'll see you guys inside the community and on Twitter. Have a great night. Have a great weekend, and we will talk to you soon. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.